You're listening to the PK Experience Podcast, where I tap into the minds of today's impact players. My name is Peter King. I'm the host of the show, and my guest today, actually I have two guests today. Uh, the first guest is Simon Ryling and his partner, David Karasak. Simon had a successful career in investment banking, managing uh, multi-billion equity derivative portfolios. Don't worry, I don't know what that is entirely either. And building market-leading franchises. Simon broke away to become an entrepreneur and focused on developing his mind, body, and spirit. And that's how he and David connected. David Karasak is a former uh, Olympic swimmer and then got into the business corporate world and basically tired of that before meeting Simon. And then the two of them got together and started a new venture called the Council for Human Development. And you can check that out online at councilforhumandevelopment.com. And that's really the entire purpose of my desire to speak with them because they had some really fascinating um, approaches to really elevating the consciousness of the human planet. They have a very ambitious uh, goal to uh, raise the consciousness of human beings all around them and is honor, an honor to have them on the program. Let's get into it. Here I am with Simon Riling and David Karasek. All right, I'm here with Simon Riling and David Karasek. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to dive into your world of expertise. Uh, but first and foremost, you're, you're calling in from Switzerland. Thank you for your time today. Very much appreciate it. Thank, thanks for having us. Excellent. Absolutely. So, um, Simon, you and I got connected through the Tony Robbins Platinum Partner Group, and uh, some of the stuff that was that that we've been talking about there is just all the financial um, craziness that we're dealing with now that we're in the coronavirus um, stage of uh, of human existence. It's kind of a crazy place to be. Um, for those listeners that don't know who you are, could you just give us a brief background? of your financial uh, expertise and David will get into yours as well. And we can uh, let me know how you guys met and, and, and uh, what you see in the world economy right now. Cause uh, there's a lot going on. For sure. With pleasure. So I have been working in investment banking for basically the last 14, 15 years. That's my work background. I have been managing multi-billion equity derivatives portfolios over the, over this time period, kind of like diverse market cycles, like uh, financial crisis in 2008, 2009 was basically when I entered this, 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 this niche. And um, yeah, it was most in a way, it was very interesting over the last years, very diverse market environments. So what, what my focus was during those years was basically running in a way, the bank's hedge fund was like uh, using the, the bank's balance sheet to invest to, uh, into equity, into equity derivatives, um, like using, using the bank's balance sheet to make money for the bank. And then at the same time, facilitate clients that uh, mainly uh, ultra high net worth, individuals, uh, hedge funds, pension funds, uh, very diverse universe of clients with prices and options we kind of like having a market making function so it was kind of like a two like uh, two sides of the business one like serving clients they would enter into a position like into into a trade with us we would take it on book manage the risk and maybe hedge some or keep it keep it on the bank's balance sheet in order to make some additional money from it so that that was basically my my uh professional big background over the last 14 years 
Um, I joined the Tony Robbins Platinum Partnership in 2018, 2000, uh, until 2019, was like, very horizon ex extending. I kind of opened, opened my mind to other po possibilities of also working. I met a lot of very inspiring entrepreneurs and that kind of like was ultimately the, 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 the catalyst to last year make, make the decision to leave the corporate environment to start my own ventures. And, uh, you know, Stefan, he uh, was also like a platinum partner during the time I, 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 I went through the program. We became friends and we started uh, um, a business together called Swiss Finance Summit which is basically like using our expertise from the world of finance, having um, like a network in this niche, using our skill sets in order to help entrepreneurs navigate the world of finance and connect them with solutions providers from a very holistic universe of services, assets, um, uh, and like connect them with, with the services and providers who, uh, like, let's say who stick out. It's a little bit like cherry picking uh, and like also like what, what I have learned over the years is that um, I really like, and also like a big emphasis of what Tony Robbins uh, does and, and teaches is uh, it's about the client. Uh, it's about you. Like, I need to serve you first. Yeah. And, and, and so like kind of like what we started over the last year was um, like bringing that new energy, new focus to the world of finance and connecting you with people who have a, like really good track record or very good at what they do, who share this like entrepreneurial spirit and um, yeah, like started building an ecosystem and um, that, that uh, kind of like started last year. And um, yeah, that, that's, that's a bit of like the, the finance, finance side of my background. Um, like, and uh, like what always has been a, an interest was like okay what is what what else is out there like uh, like i mean like it was always like this desire to know more it was like very like body focused initially health like uh, more energy more uh, became like okay like that one like how, how can i have more fun being more fulfilled that was how i how i got introduced to tony robbins now it was like big big line chafer and then like always okay what else is there and uh also that realization that the biggest adventure is in there. Yeah. That, that, that. Yes. In the head. Yeah. Tony, Tony often says um, the greatest failure is success without fulfillment. And mm. um, he's attracted a lot of people who are wildly successful by, by traditional Western terms anyway, um, financially successful, but just miserable, <laughs> miserable in their mm. relationships, miserable uh, in the work that they do. They don't, they're, they're missing that piece. So, um, I love that you've gotten into that. Before we go too deep with that, David, I'd love to just uh, have you introduce yourself and, and give us a brief background of your financial expertise uh, as well and how you got into all this. All right, Peter. It's, I got to tell you, it's not as much as it used to be because my, my priorities and my interests have shifted a little bit. But basically, to make it very simple, um, you know, I, what Simon was trading, I sold. And um, so that, that's what I did for a while. And when I quit the first bank, when we worked together, you know, I, Simon and I started with Tony Robbins. Well, he went like all in with seminars and stuff. And I was just like, you know, picked up a book. But he also started with this and we had similar interests. He was writing me like a weight training program. And I always had, a, we always had like a, 
don't, we didn't know at the time, but like a good energy and we, we got along well, right? And when I left and went to another bank for another half year or so, I, I told them, you know, our paths will cross again. Do you remember that, Simon? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I also had this gut feeling, yeah, that um, someone we connected very much. And... Yeah, and at the time I didn't know, you know, sometimes I had a feeling, but I couldn't do anything with it. And then, you know, things evolved. I quit banking, went on a bit of a journey and then found like that journey towards consciousness and basically around similar time as Simon. And yeah, then our paths did cross and uh, we took it from there. And I got to tell you, financially speaking, man, I haven't really kept up with it like too much. So yeah. I think that Simon is the guy to talk to. <laughs> well, it's, it's so fascinating how, uh, how sometimes those worlds collide, you know, with individuals. And um, I've had that happen before where I, I met somebody and I just felt like, man, I have a really, it seems like there's a very uh, similar synergy there. And uh, literally to the point where I hadn't seen him for years and I bumped into him in Denver. I was traveling in Denver and I was at a bar with my brother and I was just socializing and being, you know, uh, you know, outgoing or whatever. I had a black V-neck t-shirt on and I saw this group of guys, three other guys all wearing black V-neck t-shirts. And I, so I just went up and I was like, Hey, it's a black V-neck t-shirt gang. And I look, and the guy, I put, I literally put my arms around two guys and one of them turned and looked at me and he was like, Peter King. And I looked at him, I was like, wait, Patrick. And it was a no. guy that I had met, you know, a few wow. years ago that I felt this total connection with. And, and so we reconnected and now it, he's the guy that I was telling you before we started recording that helps me with all the tech and the audio and wow. all that and uh it was a huge catalyst for growing somebody else's podcast so we've got reconnected it, it's just funny how things work out like that but um, the v-nex it's all about the v-nex yeah the v-nex. Um, Got it. <laughs> i wanted to uh i wanted to ask you simon when you you said you started working there during 2008 uh and the crisis then the financial crisis then what what did you learn from that experience that you're looking at now perhaps like was there anything that came out of that um specifically with how people responded to the crisis or or what were the patterns that you saw that you're looking for now was there anything that you took out of that that is helpful in this economy now yeah for sure definitely so what the main takeaways is psychology yeah that um it's really like and that, that like luckily i was i had like in regards to to trading and looking at the market that a, a very very good education like i was working with uh with with a team who has been doing that like very very successfully for quite a bit so one of the first lesson lessons i got is that like in the darkest hours you like it's it's time to buy yeah and and when when everybody is like jumping and celebrating it's time to like to be careful and and like kind of this sentiment trading or this 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 psychology part is like it's the key yeah like like so it was never so much about um like 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 talking about the trading side or like taking on positions and the risk it was never so much about fundamentals it 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 was like always um, a bit of like a, a mixture of sentiment, news flow. Like also like one of the key key factors was volatility. Like as a barometer of um, ex- market expectation of future moves. You know, like of the like implied volatility 
this high that's like that's basically everybody's scared everybody looks to buy options as a means to protect uh, like and so like if if risk premiums are high that's like that basically indicates that um everybody is insecure nobody knows where it's going and that's usually also that's a sign that everybody is pessimistic. There are also um, sentiment indicators where they question market participants about like how, like, do you expect that the market is going up or down over the next whatever, like a couple of weeks. And depending on how the polls are, it's like you can really overlay it. Like that's, that's a channel um, as, as a general uh, rule or like, or insight. But then of course, like in, in, situations such as financial crisis 2009 or maybe what happened this year like um there it's really really like that those are kind of like the paradigm shifts or like ends of a cycle and there's like and if you then just think okay now everybody is like pretty negative eh? and maybe let's 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 hop in and then comes the next wave and there's like really no no floor to it then like it's like it can it can yeah completely destroy you so like it's it's like in this this kind of like 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 um um like dramatic changes in environment like it's it's really really tricky and um like that's like that's also why maybe as a general investor, it um, might not be the best tactic to try to fish the bottom, but but rather be a little bit careful, like even miss out on maybe the, the first rebound a little bit and rather wait for a little bit of consolidation till you. Do you think we're, we're having this conversation right now in the beginning of what, where are we? Uh, Mid-April 2020. Do you think that we're at a bottom? Do you think that we're going to, see a much bigger drop what's your thought on that it's really really hard to say and as as david already mentioned like it's it's like hard to 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 um to make a guess if you look at what happened like we had a quite quite a bit of a rebound from the bottom like so you could argue okay like um, I think from like we might talk about this a little bit know what's happen, happening in the world and um also how this how this virus like had quite a bit of an impact on our economies and the way we work that um and also if you look at what central banks are doing or it's kind of like it's like my my personal opinion is that um like we won't necessarily necessarily see the old highs like yeah so that, that that's rather really a shift in in um, a, a new cycle, and uh, like like and um, we worked like we, what I do with Stefan. We work together with Sean Kotick, who he, who used to uh, run a couple of desks, uh, market research and strategists, like like one of the like really good guy. And um, we organized um, a call regarding like outlook over the next ten years and. There are a couple of risk factors to watch out. Like it's it's uh, it's really difficult to like to make a prediction. What happens is just like be careful and depending. I think that the, the big the big um, 
risk to watch out is I think there's something like three trillion in corporate debt, outstanding just one one notch above chunk. And if if like if this like, like kind of like spiral once get triggered that um, that the debt debt is downrated and um, like most of institutional investors they're bound by rules by law to only invest in non-chunk debt again if that gets triggered that like uh, corporate debt is being downgraded and investors have to sell it then i think it will be uh, a pretty pretty exciting interesting and uh, not boring time yeah uh, is that uh, is that us corporate debt or is that global debt i don't, I don't i'm a little naive to all this i think it's i would say it's total but um i I, I would have to look that up. Okay. Uh, I, I love though that, I mean, it's, it's your level of expertise that looks at this and, and can even begin to say that it's exciting because, you know, most people look at this, the, the average person probably looks at this and says, oh shit, like what, you know, how am I going to handle this or how is this going to affect me and my job and my, my, my home security and things of that nature. But um, it's helpful to hear from somebody like yourself who sort of sees above the, the uh who has the expertise to be able to look at this and be able to say ah here's here's opportunity here's what's exciting because of the volatility um if somebody came to you and said hey i have a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars or what what have you where where should i invest this how would you go about um philosophically how would you go about it and then tactically what are the things that you'd move that money into if it was your money that's a really good question, and I don't want to give any advice. I can just share my personal opinion, which uh, might be proven wrong. Like, or as a, a just what, what I do for myself is yeah, a little yeah. bit in crypto, potentially a little bit in gold, cash, and and then also um, what we might be talking later about uh, investment in human potential, like. Because uh, yes. uh, like one of one of the um, like like uh, I think I think like, mm, I think, uh, like uh, Jordan's like if I refer to like, um, our chief strategist like for Swiss Finance Summit like his thesis is that over the next decade we will have a deflationary decade and cash will be king yeah so that's um that's something which resonates with me it's also like hard to make a prediction on the stock market like i would personally right now like i i don't have any stocks like i i like i would just really wait for maybe a like a really hard washout to look at to look at this um right right now i i, I feel looking at them like the rebound that's uh, I mean like who had predicted that that one yeah like I mean it's normal to have a little bit of a rebound we had that so I think it's 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 like it will be like over the, over the next years will be not about like um, being invested in the like in the general stock market but like like picking the right stocks 
there will be, I guess, like huge outperformers. Even may, maybe the stock market and like in general will not really. Um, that seems to be that seems to be a consistent. Um, the majority of financial experts that I've been speaking to recently um, have talked about moving a majority, or, you know, or a decent amount of their portfolios into liquid cash positions so that they can take advantage of you know, a, a darker period. Um, that seems to be a consistent theme that I'm picking up on. David, is that something that you um, see as well? Or, or do you have uh, an opinion on that? You know, what worries me a little bit is that everything that is happening now because of Corona, uh, you know, just had a discussion with my friends the other day and they wanted to plan vacation, not for this year, but for next year. And I told them, guys, how, how do you know something like this is not going to happen again? You know, like to next next year, before or in a year and a half, like it it can once it's you know all these measurements have been taken, basically shut down of you know the whole economy for like a couple of weeks. Once it's done once, who says it's not going to go again? And so that's I, I guess that's a, like an uncertainty factor that I that doesn't make me like too optimistic about equities. I, I have some small positions and also like gold miners, like yeah, because. I like gold and I like <laughs> miners, but yeah, I don't really like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably sell soon when Simon says so. <laughs> yeah. When Simon says, um, well, very good. That's, that it helps us give a, a, an overall view. I think reading between the lines a little bit of where you all are, are sort of energetically positioned. Um, that's helpful for me anyway. And, um, the majority of what I wanted to talk to you about today is really what you're focused on now. Can you give us uh, an overview of, you talked about you guys bumping into each other and then re reconnecting again. How did, how did this whole idea evolve with, uh, with respect to the organization that you're running now and really the fulfillment of human potential? Walk us through that. Simon, should I start and then yeah, hand please. it over to you when we met, when we, when you got on board? Yeah. For sure. So, the first thing is what we do, and that's important for an understanding. It's actually, it's not, it's not a business in a conventional sense, but it's a movement. And mm -hmm. so what we tend to do is when we hear something new or that, that, you know, sounds new, we try to put it in a box. Is it like this or is it like that? And so I would encourage, you know, you and everybody who's going to be listening to, to think of something new A movement. It's something that doesn't exist, at least not to our knowledge, because um, yeah, we'll add up later on. But basically, I went on that journey after I quit banking and because something pretty bad happened, you know, like, I mean, bad. The guy was 10 years with the bank. He was a friend of mine. He got a second child. His wife got sick after that. And, you know, he asked for a one month unpaid leave to help at home. And they said no after 10 years. And I was like, come on, guys. And I was in Nicaragua at the time. I, you know, sent the resignation letter. My dad sent it in. And when I came back, I was out with a nice garden leaf because I was like, you know, which is pawns. They think you're replaceable. Uh, they don't care about you. That can happen to anybody. So I was out. And then I met, so I met Kern Frost and he's like, you know, 57. I met him at a coaching event because I was interested in coaching other people because I had uh, some breakthroughs and I thought I can, you know, pass it on to other people. Um, and I met Kern and, you know, he invited me for a coffee and we went for that coffee. And, and there that was the most interesting coffee I've ever had in my life it was like two hours and he started to you know roll out that concept of that we can be so much more that we have the human potential is tremendous and that we're operating at a very small fraction mm. of um, what we could and that got me fired up and he said you know 
I'm 57, you're 31, and you know, I can give you all the years, you know, he's been working on it for like two decades, all that wisdom and everything he's found now, and imagine how far I can go. You know, and I had that session, I bought like the first module with Kern, and I started telling Simon about it because I had those sessions with Kern that are three hours long, and it's per conversation, and you start to do a lot of, like there's a process behind it, but it starts to wake you up, and start, you know, you have to accept that there's so much more to find that you don't know, he doesn't know, I don't know, we all don't know, science doesn't know. Um, it's also called spirituality in for some, and that opened a whole new door. And I told Simon, man, look, there's, we're all, I'm on to something. And, you know, he was exactly on that path as well or from a, like a different angle. And then we met for a coffee and I, I started telling you about it, right? Yes, absolutely. So we bumped into, into each other again. He talked that he, like, he started the training and he was very, very excited. And so it made me curious. And I thought, okay, like, I want to know a little bit more what this is about. After having just finished a year with Tony Robbins, I was kind of like, okay, I, I, I quite know a bit now. And, um, and so I met David, I met Kern. I, I must say, I like, and, and that's, that's also like why this is so unique. I was very like, like when, I, when I was told what is this about, I was like, okay, this sounds too good to be true. And like, this, this is like, this is like, um, a bit like like uh, the nice word is like overstated yeah so it's like it was like improve your creativity by thousands of percent yeah um get in a state of flow where you can in a way download information books you can write books within days yeah you, you can get on stage talk for hours without a preparation and like be in a state of super confidence and uh and i, I thought yeah 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 for sure yeah that's not, like but then there was, there was like, I knew David, I trusted him. Yeah? There was a gut feeling, even logically, I had not really, like, there, there was no reference and yeah? there was no scientific studies or so. And so I gave it, gave it a shot. It was, um, and we, we might tell you a bit later how, how like, how it's set up. It's um, like, I, I started getting a training and the training is, uh, is really about moving you out of the left brain where basically everybody, I was like something like 98% of the population is basically conditioned into uh, because our work environment is very repetitive, very process driven. So like if you look at how ch children operate, they have very much access to the, to the left and the right brain. And then we enter um, like, uh, educational systems or we kind of like getting prepared for the work expect uh, awaiting us. And so we, we're like trained in a way to receive information, to to um, like repeat information, and not so much like supporting and asking questions, digging deeper, like learning to create, being empathetic. It's like get, it gets very much conditioned out of, out of out of us. And so we end up as a society in a thinking and in a being state, which we think is normal, but it is not. Yeah, like we are very intellectual. We're very um, process driven like if not process subservient and we don't know any better we, th we we just think that that's it because we all operate in that way and so going through this training is basically um yeah, a very effective efficient way to decondition you in a way which also in a way 
yields in a completely different way of identifying yourself and it brings you in a in a in a way of thinking which is um basically moving from the left brain to the right brain into what we call t1 is left brain t2 is right brain this is where like creativity empathy imagination intuition can happen into t3 which is basically using the whole apparatus with an intention so that you use it for something Mm. And, and and so I went through this training and initially I, I, I just joined it because, okay, like if I can be more confident, if I, if I can be more successful, if I have more skills for, for my own ventures, this would be cool. And there was no, there was no other, other motivation behind that than, than like getting something for myself. But then what, what also happens going through this, through this training, to this process of like digging really deep and like, like, like also like uh, like cutting the ties with who you think you were like like kind of like suddenly you start to identify yourself very very different and and realize that it's like you the real you your your authentic core like it's like it's a potential it's like a form of energy yeah it's it's like it's connected with everything else so suddenly kind of like instead of like optimizing for myself it kind of like changed in a way oh man like if if i'm talking to you i'm talking to myself if i'm talking to david i'm talking to myself like if if i'm optimizing for myself but then like or like like and and at the same time maybe some some someone else is um kind of um hurt from my desire for optimizing myself like kind of i'm hurting myself yeah and 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 so this kind of like we call it like moving from an I focus to a we mentality, and that that's mm-hmm. like sounds a little bit theoretical in words, but it completely changed um, like my focus and how I identify myself, and also what what I wanted to do with my life. And suddenly it like uh, gave a completely new perspective. And um, yeah, like we talk a little bit about like how. How how does like what's the whole point of uh, of of going through this training? Basically, it's like and also the movement, like like how how like what's the point of this? Yeah, it's like once you once you go through this training, you understand like at the core level that like the the, the pain, the traumas, the doubts, the fear is not like it's not your problem. Uh, it's like you it's not your fault it's basically like you're experiencing the symptoms of our society yeah you kind of like get born into this society which is negatively competitive yeah we we're getting born into the society where where um in a way our thinking is suppressed we are very much conditioned to achieve things yeah to have a larger car to um, make more income to achieve something to get recognition like uh, love so it's, it's really like we get conditioned in a way where everything is transactional and uh, because we get get born into this way of thinking and also our parents just got born into this way of thinking there's like like we think it's normal and all there is and um, once you start in a way waking up and understand like Okay, man. This like, 
this is not my fault that, that uh, I felt bad. It's basically, it's my environment, which kind of made me believe I need to do those things. And if I don't like achieve those things, then I would, then it would be my fault. Yeah? Then it'd be because I did not succeed. And once you start like waking up to this, in a way, madness, yeah, then it's also okay. Like I cannot really go back to, uh, to the way I was interacting with the world or like um, the, let's say the, maybe the work environment or working in the same way as I did before, because that was the, the reason for my suffering in the, in the first hand. Yeah. But at that time I didn't know. And what, what this, um, this movement is about to, to give people who start discovering that, that like on the one hand, okay, there's far more in me than I thought there is. Yeah. And, and also right now in, and David, you might want to talk about this. Like we have currently, like we need to make a living basically right now. So like we, we have um, apartments to pay. So like, like once you start understanding that, like, um, that like you're experiencing the symptoms of a society then the question is okay like what should i be doing then like 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 i have no other option than to to be employed and i need money yeah what, what, what should i do and uh, david you, you might yeah. want to yeah that's a good question yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely so and one one more angle that i wanted to mention simon sure. that you haven't brought up yet is artificial intelligence mm -hmm. because basically what what, what's going to happen in, in, in the next 10 plus years, okay, is that the computers, as always, will advance a lot. And there's already a lot of jobs that are being replaced by automation and artificial intelligence. And, you know, artificial intelligence is something that a lot of people don't know how advanced it already is. Um, we just don't see it. But this is something, you know, Kurt introduced to us. And we, I was like, no, this can't be true. And I start digging and, you know, once you start digging, you open Pandora's box and you find more and more and more. I went to conferences. I spoke to all of a sudden, all of the AI specialists that were left and right, the universe putting them there. And, you know, I got an insight into, you know, how advanced we are, but how it's not well known. And, you know, people speak about climate change, which, um, you know, this is a long period of time, you know, climate change, but people coming out of work, this is now. This just got made a lot worse through Corona. I believe I saw 16 million got filed for, um, you know, how do you call that? Um, if you if you don't have a job in America, like within the last three weeks, yeah. Unemployment. Yeah, thank you. So huge numbers, but basically, you know, Deutsche Bank they let go 18,000, HSBC 35,000, and it's not the, just the jobs you would expect. It's also lawyers, doctors, and you know, there's so much that we're saying that you know, machines and not just us, specialists are saying AI will take, you know, automate basically everything in, in time. So there's people coming out of work and what do you do with these people? Because again, right now what they do is Deutsche Bank, for example, they had a huge budget of 300 million euros for the 18,000 that they let go for retraining, okay? And this is what we're saying is the big industry, retraining. But what do they retrain at the moment? They have their internal coaches or trainers that have been with the bank for you know 10 20 years doing the same old stuff and they're doing they're pimping the cv they're um doing some mock interviews so the people that they let go they can then go and interview with other banks but hold on a minute those other banks are not hiring nobody's hiring 
So what do you do with these people? And what we're saying instead of, you know, you retraining them into nothing, you know, you could hire somebody like a movement and, and movement of consciousness trainers like us and start to develop the brain and bring back the empathy, the creativity, the innovation capabilities that we once had as a kid, but they are so conditioned away, especially after, let's say, a banking, like a 30-year banking career, you know? And, and the beautiful thing is that with this movement, once you're a trainer and you can be trained within three months of intensive training, it's a lot of one-on-one -on -one work, but after three months, you're then in a position to start to train other people that come out of work, you know, um, after you because we'll not have all the professions coming at the exact same time, obviously. So there'll be, but there will be a constant flow of people coming out and that basically will, you know, enable you to, you can only, if you don't like to teach other people, you can do your own thing. You'll be in a very, you'll be thinking better. You'll have more ideas. Uh, you'll be more, you have better relationships so you can do your own thing. But you know, I'm just saying again, people that thought about starting a business before Corona, Man, they're going to not just think twice. They're going to think three, four, five times if they're going to start it because there's a lot of people that got wiped out and starting a business in today's world is not easy. And you know, like what happens in, in the downturn, who gets bought, at what price. It's always the bigger, the bigger. So what we're saying is we should move, we should be, we should move together. Not instead of, you know, the coaches, we see so many coaches, personal development coaches out there. Like it's always a bit, like they they think they found the holy grail and they're defending their community and they don't want to like expand their minds you know and and for for us it's it's just it's difficult to see because we're saying we don't know what we don't know there's 99.99 percent of the electromagnetic field we cannot decode with our five senses you know I used to be of the opinion when I what I can't see with my own eyes doesn't exist. And I was very vocal about it, but that's so limiting. It's so, so limiting. And when you can start to get rid of those, oh man, you know, the whole world opens. For sure. How did, what, what was your transition point? How did you go from uh, somebody that needed to see things with your own eyes before you believed it to, oh shit, there's a whole nother reality here that I wasn't tapping into. Yeah, Kern in his first session, he told me he's working with two girls that can see auras around, or like energy auras around people. And I was like, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he started asking questions like, why do you not believe it? And, and I was like, well, it doesn't exist. And then he started telling me, well, just because you can't see, you know, other animals, they see, they hear different things. They have feelings, some, I don't know, dogs or cats, they love people or they don't like there's there, or you have a chemistry like we talked about in the beginning that like an energy like we don't know we feel it sometimes but what if you can we you can have that more often right and and start to control it a bit and that's basically i was like hmm, yeah you're right um just because i have an experience doesn't mean um that it doesn't exist and then we just went deeper and deeper it's like oh wait a second hmm. yeah women tend to have uh an intuition that is innate that that men don't necessarily have. I think men can develop it or whatever, but uh, I think for just safety reasons alone, women are very intuitive to what's safe and what isn't. And, and whether or not they physically see actual aura or not, I think they do tap into energy and there's something off about this situation or this person or this whatever. And uh, I think as men, we don't, we're a little bit more narrow-minded, uh, narrow-focused, which there's there's benefit to that. There's certain scenarios. Um, we talked about um, 
you know, guys in battle, you know, when you're, when you're in battle uh, and your buddy right next to you gets shot in the neck, you don't have time to connect to energy to connect to, or cause otherwise it'd be overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. You have to stay focused on the mission. And, and I think there's something very powerful about the masculine narrow minded focus in those situations. Um, but if you bring that home and you're not in war and you're trying to connect with your kid and he's, you know, doing this or that, and you're still focused on work and how do I achieve this? You're, there's a missing element there. So, um, a lot of the work that I've been doing is in the masculine and feminine. And to me, this is, there's some synergy here. You, you know, you talk about left brain and right brain. And, um, to me, that's the, that's the structured mind, the logical brain, the, the focused masculine vision, practical, you know, and then the feminine that's open and empathetic and, and feeling based, emotion based and how these, um, Simon, you mentioned earlier, like the one, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the, elevated enlightened person who uses both sides at this, you know, has the wisdom to know when to apply those energies is very interesting to me. Um, David, I wanted to follow up and ask you though, uh, Simon was talking before about developing the authentic self and then saying, Hey, well, but I still have bills to pay. Like I still, there is still this practical world that I'm trying to live in. Um, If we were to fast forward, you mentioned a three month period where these trainers would get trained let's fast forward a year two, three years down the road. Let's say that there's a whole community now of these enlightened conscious individuals. What are we doing every day? Like wh- how do they pay their bills? How do they survive? Yeah, look, our vision is to give sustainable and self-employment situation to a billion people by 2030. I always add, and maybe plus the next 10 years, because for me, the timeline 20 years is 10 to 20 years. I love that. And, and if you look at uh, what's going to happen with AI, if we, you know, believe the numbers and all that, that's definitely a possibility. And also, you know, you have Oxford studies that say in the next I don't know, eight, 20 years, 45% of the jobs will be gone. And, you know, there's a big amount. So what do we do all day? Yeah, that's the thing. If we're a movement as consciousness trainers, Basically, what we're doing is we're, if I train three people, and then those people train three people, and, then, and so we expand, it's like, we call it a social virus, you know, but it's a, it's a good, it's the consciousness virus. And what happens is when you, when that shift comes from that Simon uh, mentioned from the I focus to the us or to the we mentality, that's when, you know, also the money, it's like not. We'll, you'll be handsomely rewarded for the training. And we're talking about, you know, in dollars, almost like half a million for, you know, a year for not doing that much work a week and actually having a ton of fun if you love teaching others. And, and it's not teaching, it's more like guiding others because what we do is we use a lot of language patterns and thought patterns. And it turns out you have to be very exact with what, like what words and you use because they create emotions and, and you know, so it's very important that you have the good guidance and it can be tremendously fast and then be in a position to train others. And what we do is we develop the council for human develop development. Like we see, you know, how, how do we get people on board? Who's ready, who's on the surface and is ready to fly because like it's very, a lot of people there. So, you know, and, that's normal. We cannot force anybody, but there's a lot of people on the bottom of the sea and then maybe like, like crabs, they have short necks 
and they, you know, just look up a little bit, but not much. And the ground is crowded and there's a lot of crabs and you, you got to like navigate through. And sometimes maybe you hit a little bit, you elbow a little bit. And when you start to swim, you realize, wow, there's much more room and you swim up. And at some point you're like, holy shit, maybe I can, you know, what's that? That's air. And those people were trying to get in because what happens is you always, like, you know, it when you learn something new and it's like the biggest thing of your life, um, what do you do? You, you want to share, you want to go back. And that's like the allegory of the cave by Plato, for example, you know that, are you familiar with it? No, remind me. So there's like, they're in a cave and I have a fire and I cast a shadow and they're like scared of the shadow. So they don't really go outside. And at some point, one brave guy, you know, he's like, fuck this, I'm going out. And uh, he goes to the shadows and, you know, at first he's a bit blind, but then he discovers this whole, the, the sun and the world. And, and that's the question that I always ask. So what do you do at that point? And literally for 99% of the people, there might be like one out of a hundred, I would go to the beach and just chill, but they would, you know, turn a little bit, do some weights and, and look good, bring a mango and basically go back and, and get everybody else. Right. And that's, that, that's what's happening. We don't, not everybody is ready for it, but the people that are ready, they'll pick up on it. They'll become so fascinated and they'll go back and share it. And that's how you can spread, not just to like people that you just met, but also like the people that you actually love the most. And, and that, you know, and if everybody can make a sustainable, like you're self-employed, so you work as much and as little as you want, the more you work, the, the more money you make, but it's handsomely um, rewarded for the time being that we need money. Um, but Simon, we, we also like, you know, the future might not even, maybe at some point we'll not have money, right? When machines do everything and it's a philosophy, but think about it. I, th I think the interesting thing is you no, know, like what David mentioned right now as a society, I think 98% of jobs are repetitive and process driven in their maturity. So like as what David mentioned before, that skill set will not necessarily, or you could make that thesis that that skill set is not necessarily increasing in importance and will be like, we can argue about the speed, but like it's already happening. And also like coronavirus is a really good example because what happens as a result from coronavirus, supply chains get digitized further because we have this human risk factor, virus prone. Yeah. So we need to digitize it further. So we have already that process and uh, it might like, we, we can like really not say like at what time happened, what happens exactly, but we can make the thesis that it's already happening. Jobs get replaced, yeah, like get digitized, digitized, automated. And like there might be new jobs, yeah, but like if they are repetitive or process driven, like AI will do it. Like, like what, what's our unique skill set as a human? Yeah. What's the difference between, and like, it might, might be a bit conf uh, confrontative, but what's the difference between a sheep and the human? Like if he is instinct driven or process driven, like in a way, and like, like what's, what's the difference? It's like our human X factors, our creativity, our empathy, like our empathetic understanding, our, our insights, our intuition, like being connected of like what we call the quantum field, like where you can download information like effortlessly. Yeah. And, and maybe also like to give you just like a quick um, overview about like what, what happens throughout the process, like throughout the training, it's really deconditioning, like 
everybody in a very effective and efficient way that you identify yourself instead of like this like inauthentic shell identity we we think we are there's like simon 36 years a husband like ex-banker i can do this like like i'm shy i i don't like to speak in front of people like uh, like i i really care what others think of me like like this is just this is an imprint that yeah? is basically we come to this to this like life yeah as a potential with our personality and then we build layers of conditioning around it which end up to this identity we think we are and then as david david um, like said before but then the truth is we don't really know a lot what is yeah and uh, he, he said that like there's like everything we are energy vibrating with a certain frequency and what we are seeing as reality is basically a little bit of the light spectrum uh, like a spectrum of electromagnetic waves we see as light a little bit we hear as sound waves and what we can decode decode with our five senses is 0 0.035 percent of what is so this is really not a lot yeah and um I, I don't know. The, how, do you, how do you measure that? Do you know what the measurements of that is? Because that's a very specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I have to look up the, 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 um, the reference for that one. And, and like, even if it were 1%, like, it's like, the, like we have this electromagnetic uh, spectrum of frequencies. No, like, I think like a, a part of it is like Wi-Fi, mobile, mobile frequencies. And like, there's a spectrum we see, uh, we can see. You know, there's like a spectrum of frequencies we can listen to. And if you look at what is out there, like what we know of in terms of like frequencies, yeah, like what we actually can like sense with our senses is like a fraction. And, and also if you, if you ask the question to people, what do you think in terms of like how, how much of what is like does science know? Yeah? And um, like most people, they say something like, oh, 60, 70, 80%. But then, and like, you, you don't don't take me on the exact number. But I think ninety five percent of what is like in terms of energy, something like called dark matter and dark 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 energy. So where we not really, I'm not expert, yeah, but we can, cannot even like really prove that it is there. So there's some like there's far more than we tend to like like think or like, and so like. If I'm like, and, and that's, that's on the first step, like, so the first step is to understand we're pretty ignorant. Yeah. We, yes. we, we, we think we know, but then we are like, we have no clue of what is. And that's like, that's a little bit of um, like, it's, it's a bit tough to realize that. Yeah. Like, because like, oh man, like I really don't know a lot, but then also it's really liberating because all this crap I was made to believe, yeah. Like on what basis, was I made to believe that like at first I was told it yeah, from someone else. I received it, that like, like news, media, like parents, uh, school, uh, like religion, government, different sources of information, but always involved the human factor. And so like, and like he has like in terms of what he can decode, like also not really a lot. And then also each of us, like depending on where we are in terms of like needs covering, it could be very in deficit needs where it's like a lot of like, I need to optimize for me. And if you are in that state, you're basically sharing information in a way subconsciously or consciously, which is about like optimizing for yourself. So kind of like, and looking at that, you you enter this 
this world. I think the, the first seven years, you, like you're on theta brain wave, which is basically like a hypnosis state where you're just absorbing everything surrounding you. You're kind of a recorder, yeah, and like modeling the world around you. So you, you, you end up with a lot of beliefs, conditioning, ideology, which came from someone else. And most probably, like subconsciously or consciously, in a way to control you, to influence you, and and so the first step is really, and that's like that that goes beyond everything I have experienced so far in my life. The power of this, like, um, really, like the the point is, like, and that's where this process is like getting you is like to a point where you see, yeah what for crappy ideologies and belief system you actually have absorbed. Yeah. And uh, it's like, it's not nice. <laughs> yeah. And it's like pretty stupid, but then also at the other point, like, uh, but then also like giving you the choice, like what, what do you want to create for yourself? What kind of belief system, philosophical belief system do you want to build? And it must be, it must explain what we can sense. It must be pragmatic. It must, it must be fun and it must not be limiting because we don't know what our limits are. Like we know so little of reality that like, for, for example, if my mother tells me like, that's like, 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 ah, better be employed. Yeah. It's safe. Yeah. Like why should I believe that? That's stupid. Or even like a belief I had, like I'm not a public talker. Like I'm shy. Like, and then if, if you look at this belief, like, I don't know. Like I was made to, I was made like believing that crap. Yeah. Like let's discover what, what's actually possible. No. And like, and like, and, and, um, that's extremely powerful. Like you start cutting the ties with this inauthentic shell identity and, uh, like really build your value, your belief system on your potential. Because if like, for example, like, um, like if I like if I identify myself as a banker, or if I'm a, like um, or like I make a certain income or so on, then I lose that income. And what happens then? It causes suffering because like my identity changed. It's like and this this shell is really transient. It's like it's just a snapshot in time, and if it changes, something else, it causes suffering, pain, and all, like all this. Uh, so really, the process like and that's like so powerful if you start building your belief system on your core like like and that's that's also part of it what's the meaning of life what's the purpose yeah who am i where do i come from like really powerful questions and if you don't have an answer to that if you never ask those questions basically in your subconscious mind you're telling yourself that there is no sense that there's no purpose and um and I was exposed to those questions the first time with Tony Robbins, but it was from a very left brain focused shell identity. So I kind of like made something up. Yeah. And uh, like, yeah, I have a mission to whatever, make money while making people happy. Yeah. Like <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and, and this process is really like, and uh, the, the, the four weeks, the first four weeks, it was really challenging because like suddenly you don't, you don't know like you question every thought yeah like you you're looking at the, the process to get there is uh ask the why behind the why like look at your thoughts all your thoughts start asking okay well, why do i think that what's the underlying belief whom does it serve and you might discover that that 
many of those thoughts they're not serving you they're serving someone else yeah to to shut you down and like be uh, like a victim or passenger don't ask too many questions yeah like and um and like it's really interesting it's, um, it's it's maybe even more than interesting it can be scary like have you got oh, yeah, yeah it was freaking scary yeah psychologically uh unnerving to say the least because uh, i've mm-hmm. gone through that process and when you start to really zero in because it's easy it's easy to to hear this podcast it's easy to be to to be driving to your work or on your run and go yeah i know who i am i, I yeah I'm, I'm willing to grow a little bit yeah yeah i'm, I'm i know i don't know everything but you know I have a clear sense of my identity, whatever. And if you haven't done this type of work to really like get underneath and, and pull the rock up and, and find the soil that's underneath that, um, you don't really realize how much of your behavior and your sense of identity really does stem back to conditioning, whether it was conditioning from your parents, conditioning from society, culture, conditioning from probably uh like as you mentioned ancestors um that had been passed down um so much of that is conditioning and there's not a lot of real authentic original thought to that (coughs) excuse me and so when you start to discover that it's a little freaky (laughs) did did you guys both go through a a similar process you go first Simon. yeah yeah it was pretty scary it was like i was sitting there i was like and, and suddenly it's like kind of your like or for me the mind starts like there are thoughts like it's kind of like the structure gets destroyed and then there are thoughts from all sides and it's like kind of like the, the you you like if I, if I felt a little bit like being mad and like crazy yes. because it's like i was lying in the bed and like it was like what what am i thinking why am i thinking that like and what and it, it kind of like like it was not like i was not able to turn it off anymore it was a little bit overwhelming and uh, those i would say four weeks they 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 were really challenging because like it was I had no clue who I am like it was like oh man like I want like for sure yeah that doesn't make any sense but if I get rid of that like if like if this gets destroyed like who is left yes. that was pretty scary yes and um, yeah, did, yeah yeah but you, did did you go through a similar process man no <laughs> I had fun watching the others but I haven't fun watching the others that are getting a bit of, you know, wake up call. I thought it was super exciting. And I was, we tried to identify why it was a bit easier from not saying that I didn't have other troubles, but that one actually thought was super exciting, but maybe why it was easier for me. And we try to identify it. I used to swim and I was in college in America. So I was used to having coaches all my life. And I knew that if I wanted to go from A to B, and actually that's what we're saying, we're making, we're helping you, we're guiding you from an A position, A person to B person. A is an asshole person, and B, if I can say that, is a better person. And, and, and I knew that if I have a coach or somebody who's guiding me, who's done it, like I knew it at the core that it, as long as I trust the coach and I put in the work and I commit to it, that will always be better than doing it alone. So when, when, when we started the deeper one-on-one work, you know, I was, it was just bam, bam. I was like, wow, wow, wow. And I didn't have the, this big of a fight with the shadow self for, I mean, whatever reason, but super exciting. What, um, you guys will know why I'm asking you this question. The listener, if they're new to this, may not. But uh, I'm going to ask you guys both this, and we'll talk about why that's important. But what was your relationship, David, like with your parents? 
You mean during that transition? No, just growing up. Oh, man, I, you know, I, I threw a 30 for my 30th birthday. So two years ago, I threw, we went all to Spain. I rented a big ass villa for 30 people for my 30th birthday in Malaga in Spain. And, you know, my parents were there with, you know, 27 of my friends. And so I think if your son invites you to his 30th birthday in Spain with everybody else, I think, you know, it's pretty cool. And they've always supported me. And there were difficult times, especially when I quit banking. They're like, oh, you can't do that. You know, like, and I was like, stay calm. And then, but also I didn't stay calm because I was also a bit nervous and, you know, I didn't know where this was going to lead exactly. And I, I wasn't so sure that I'm not because now I know so much more and I've progressed. I mean, like also Simon, you know, I've, I, I knew how he was four months ago and, and now we're, you know, he's like leading a group of 40 to 60 people that we meet every day online for like 90 minutes. And it's incredible the progress and, and with my parents, you know, some, some days were a bit rough, but they're behind and they're loving it because they see the change. They see also what I bring back to the family, you know, that calmness and the insights and yeah, everything's getting better. So overall, uh, your parents were married. You grew up in, in, in that household where you felt loved, protected, safe, provided for just very generally. Is that accurate? Yeah, but only until 17 and then I moved out because of swimming. So I was, you know, with 17, I moved out. But yes, until then, very protected and, and very loved. Yes. Okay. Simon, what about you? It was a bit of a different experience. Um, it, it was a bit of a cold relationship with my parents. I was like really shy as a, as a teenager, like um, also depressed, even social phobic. So like I would not re really talk, like almost nothing. And, uh, and <laughs> it's changed, it's changed, <laughs> changed a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a was a long journey. It um, like uh, yeah, shut when you I, up now. <laughs> sorry, what? I, it's, uh, David laughed as if uh, now you never shut up. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet, but <laughs> maybe next week or so. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but but your relationship with your parents, you said, was a little cold in general, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, um, it was like I mean, what what I what like. My my parents were loving, are loving in their way, but like uh, it did not like reach me at uh, like where I was as a teenager, and then I, I moved out. And, um, I, I started like, um, like I was like feeling a little bit uh, a bit better, and then uh, a bit a, a big um, uh, catalyst was my my father got cancer and then died from cancer, and that was really like where it was a wake up call for me to okay like let let's like let's work or let's like let's do something to have a better relationship let's get together and um and um see why this is not the like for me it was normal like i had no other experience no it was i, I just like wanted my peace and I, I didn't really want to go back and, and that was a catalyst to to yeah, change a little bit of perspective and okay, is there something I could do? And um, yeah, it was that was in 2010 when my father father died and he died just after New Year. And that Christmas before he passed away, that was the first time in my life that, like that's not in my life, but uh, like after being a teenager that I said like, it's really nice to be at home. And, and that was like, it was like a very tough time, but also like nice 
because like it happened before he passed away. So that was yes. uh, an, a, ni a nice memory. And then, yeah, there was, since then it has been a, a, like a really exciting journey with, with like always discovering, oh, there's another, there's another level. Yeah. Or, uh, or even, even, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. Or even realizing like there's no end to the levels. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and, um, Always growing. Yeah, like lots of experiences. I mean, like I was like very mind driven. Like I, I had depression, like, and I was like, kind of like, like very shy. And I was like using the power of the mind to expose yourself to situations, which caused you uncomfort. I was kind of like forcing myself to go get over the like depression, which worked, but then I was like a slave of my mind. I would just do things which made sense, uh, even like, I didn't really enjoy them. And uh, that, that was where Tony Robbins was really a life changer. It was the first time realization, hey, well, that's cool. I can have fun, like without any, anything, like any need to, to do something. Like I just have it inside me. It was, I remember that like I went with my wife to, to um, Unleash Power Within. And the first one two days was like weird. No, I was like, mm, okay, this is this is strange. Why always moving and jumping? Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> this is stupid. Yeah? <laughs> but then, like after a while, okay, it's not too bad. And and there was like like a big revelation that uh, everything you need is within you. Yeah? Mm -hmm. That there's like you don't need to achieve or do something or um, or you need something externally to feel good that was a big revelation like to actually experience it to not just like talk about it intellectualize it it's and, a uh, it's a huge revelation I, I i that to me is one of the biggest lessons in the the whole personal development uh self-help industry is to recognize and that was the reason why i was asking you guys about your parents because as you know um we're so driven subconsciously to fulfill um the needs of love and approval from <laughs> our parent parental figures. And, you know, some people will say, well, my parents were horrible. And then you say, yeah, but you were, you were seeking the love and attention from them. Um, as, as a young age, we come online with the natural openness and desire that our parents are there to love us, protect us, shelter us, provide for us. And so our natural innate uh, tendency is to, is, is to seek their reassurance, their love, their affection, et cetera. Um, and if it's not them, then it's a parental figure. And if it's not them, that uh, not a parental figure, then it's, it's from other people that we even subconsciously see as someone who could validate or approve us. It could be a spouse, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a teacher, a coach, a peer, et cetera. So, um, that often drives a lot of behavior subconsciously. Once you start to realize that and you realize, oh, uh, I drive the car that I drive because it's what my dad yeah. drove. I, uh, am in the industry that I'm in because that's what my grandfather uh, did, or that's what my, uh, all my uncles and ancestors, I'm in the military because that's what my family does or whatever. And you don't sometimes really think the deeper question of, well, who, who do I really want to be? Um, and that leads into my next question. And I know we're getting a little bit short on time, but I wanted to, maybe this could be a way to have this last little discussion on how do you find your authentic self? What is the thing that you guys can point to, to say, um, here's how you discover your purpose. Here's how you find your authentic self. I'll open that to either of you. So, a, so I have, I have go. one that I, yeah, for me. So look, there, there's, I'm sure Simon will go into that. Actually. I already know he will, <laughs> but for me, those, we have mind maps. 
schematics, simple schematic, schematics how the mind, the brain works. And I'll give you one, one of the examples is basically imagine you have like the, the globe here, so this, the, the world, and then you have like a lens here, and in that lens you have generalizations, distortions, and deletions, and here you have your brain, okay? And basically it's, you know, yeah, I knew it, I've heard it before, and but 32 years nobody really like pointed that out, and maybe I didn't know, but basically just knowing that your brain constantly deletes stuff that it doesn't want to hear or doesn't think it's important or it distorts you know like numbers get taller when we tell each other the story or colors become brighter like what, whatever it is or constantly it happens without us being aware generalizations all the people everyone um, always you know we, we make it we make like easier with those but are they the truth no so once you realize that they are going on all the time the first thing that will happen, and I repeat, there's many schematics for different subjects, but that's just one. You realize, oh, hold on a second. I, I can't remember that, like, but if I really want to, I can, right? So, and, and I bring it back and I start to become aware of what's happening. And you just do the same thing with the generalizations, distortions, and that's the language patterns. And after a while, you know, that becomes unconscious and you, you know, you start to notice it in other people. And that's when you're like, wow, this works. And all the other schematics, you know, it's the same thing. We have over 50, for example. So it's really quite complex, but even one simple one will go miles and miles and get you jump started. And that's how it started for me. Yeah, I can agree. Like the, the, the power, like Tony Robbins talks about it too, but like the, the power of really understanding that your reality, where you are in life, is a function of what you believe and like David described it like your mind creates a filter between you and the world so what you actually see is not reality it's your subjective reality which is a function of what you believe and your beliefs create your thoughts create your emotions create your decisions create your actions create your results create your reality and um, like a really like nice example is I think 85% of the population believe, have, have to believe that they are not lovable, that they don't love themselves. Just 15% love themselves. And you can test it with muscle testing. So like, just give you can, an example. Can you, how, can you explain, how, how do you do that muscle testing? I think muscle testing, for example, you hold like this. Yeah, and like, like the okay symbol for those that are just yeah, listening. and then like you, you do a test, like you, like you say something which you know is true. Like my name is Simon. Uh, it's like it should hold tight yeah and then like if you if you say something like you tested for example my name is maria <laughs> it's it, theoretically that the, the your your energy you you should like like you should notice that your crib is not that tight and you can then start like like telling you things like i love myself like and then like having that calibrated it should like like if it's true, like it should be tight. If it's not true, it should be a bit looser. Like, Man, I just did it. I think it works. <laughs> with two I'll do it again later. <laughs> awesome. And yeah, what I what I wanted to to say, like to give you an example, like if we carry this 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 belief, I'm not lovable. Yeah, and that's like, and then maybe your wife comes or your girlfriend or whoever, and expresses love to you. Yeah, like like really in the with the best intent, 
And I, I have witnessed that with me with myself. Yeah, that's kind of like suddenly there's like and now like I'm far more conscious than I was like before, and I had no clue what happened. Yeah, it's like kind of like there like you like if you have that belief, you're not lovable. You're kind of like your subconscious like wants to confirm what you believe. Yeah, and you kind of like you start doing things to to like reject. Yeah, to kind of like sabotage the expression of love. So you kind of like annoy the other person, like she with, withdraws love. You're creating the result. You believe, yeah, I'm not lovable. Oh yeah, I knew it. Uh, she, she doesn't love me, otherwise she wouldn't do this. Yeah, and that's, it's really, really twisty. Yeah, because like we have our belief system, which creates this filter, which gives us our subjective reality. And our belief system is protected by, I think, Freud called it our shadow self. And that's what, what David referred to, like um, working with like uh, mechanisms such as generalizations, like distortions of reality, deletions, like also doubts, uh, delaying decisions, uh, denying information. That's, it's really subtle. It's really, really difficult to, to be conscious of what's happening. Like, you, you, yeah, no, like, like, like what I see is real, yeah, and and the the and the, that's why this like also like why this process was so powerful because there's someone sitting in front of you and he's like kind of like holding you the mirror like okay now like you're twisting yeah and 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 for example I give you a, a good example before Christmas I was preparing Christmas cookies with my wife and I was saying hey we need to hurry we have no time yeah. And then, like, you say, okay, that's just a normal sentence. But my wife did that process with me. Hey, why did you say what you said? Like, what's, why? Yeah, like, and I was, well, I don't know. And then she like, kept asking, what, what's, like, why, what do you believe? Like, what, what, what reality are you, like, proving? Yeah, and then, like, at the source, it was something like, I need to produce something. Like, we, we wanted to go to my mother and bring those cookies, yeah, and, like uh, there was this belief like i need to produce something to be worthy and i have no time yeah and like and then that's really interesting you know from this like you would say like it's just a normal sentence yeah like you actually like like can dig out what you believe and like uh if she had not made me aware of that sentence and like had asked okay well like uh what like why do you say this no like i would not have uh, it, it would have been deleted from my conscious awareness. Yeah? It was like I just said I didn't like really understand what I'm saying and which reality I'm creating. Yeah, like like still doing things to prove others I'm worthy. Yeah, and and that's the ridiculous like in a form like this like the ridiculousness yeah of of this mechanism. Yeah, we are not like for ourselves. It's so so difficult to get through this and. That's where someone else is really needed to hold you the, the mirror and hey, like listen to what you just said. And David did it to me uh, and my wife too. I think uh, beginning of the year, I, I was saying all the time, I don't know. I don't know. Like, and I was not aware. It was ridiculous. Once they, 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 they highlighted it, I was like counting it. And in a conversation of one, two hours, I was saying it 50 plus times. Mm. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, so like, <laughs> just like make it short like this this mechanism getting aware of it and then having also help of someone who also knows like how how the mind is working and can hold you the mirror that, so that you start okay uh, this is crap like i don't want to have that in my system yeah let's 
I'm telling you, Simon, since we told you with the I don't know, you know, the I don't know, what is that? I guess you have to think about what does that represent in your head, but probably something with doubt, not being sure, uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Making and myself small. Yeah. Exactly. But that's not been long. We told you a couple of days ago, and I can, when we do that group with the group, when he's leading and, and talking, it's different because. When you say 50 times, I don't know, it's 50 times for your super brain, for your supercomputer, it's here and there's uncertainty, I'm not sure, and it's, and that will, like, it will come through every pore of it, like, it will come through, and when you, yeah, when you just don't say it, it's as simple as that, I guess your brain doesn't come up with, but it replaces it, you replace it with something better, and all of a sudden you have a changed person in that. Yeah, language is so so crucial uh language not just that you speak but the language that you speak in your mind to yourself and uh like simon was saying before it generates the beliefs that generates the the potential the actions the results etc that you were talking about um mm -hmm. i think it's fascinating to uh, there was a study that was shown that you know uh, in the english language i'm making this up right now but just to to prove the point that there's i don't know a thousand words to just a thousand emotions or something like that, that, that we can experience. And yet the only, the average person only knows, I think seven of them off the top of their head. And so if your language only knows seven things, I find that fascinating to know that there is a whole level of consciousness that we're not experiencing simply because we don't have words for it simply because we don't know how to identify it. That to me in and of itself is fascinating. Uh, probably worthy of a whole nother call, but um, I, the other thing that I would love to dive into deeper with you guys is just how these two worlds collide with, with consciousness, but also the financial world. Cause the financial world, I, I, it's almost comical to me and, and I don't know what I'm talking about. So take that, take this for a grant, take this for what it's worth. But in the financial world, there's so much data in science and analytics and, all this stuff. And I just look at like, you're studying irrationality because you're studying human beings. And so uh, anyway, I think it's fascinating how these two worlds kind of collide that the psychology and the awareness plus what we're doing as a herd mentality uh, in the financial worlds. And that, like I said, might be worthy of a whole nother call in and of itself. But um, I know we're getting a little bit short on time. Is there any uh, thoughts that you guys would like to wrap up with? And also if you could let us know where people can find you, if they're interested to find out more about what you guys are up to. Go on, David. Go yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, Peter, um, do you have, do you had other guests that have been talking about um, consciousness, training consciousness and, oh, yeah. you know, have you because sure. what i what i just thought would be pretty cool would be that question that you asked how those two worlds come together and that would be a cool question to explore with you know maybe another guest or something try to find you know solutions because we always say you know we don't want to be part of the problem we want to be part of the solution and the more people you know like these conversations this is what um i'm pretty sure i hope i speak for you as well but this is what inspires us these are the good like the good kind of comments, they're not, you know, it's not arguing, but it's exploring where can we go? What can we do to yes. like create together? And so that as an idea, I mean, I'll be happy and to jump on another call and, and then explore and see what other people, you know, are doing if, if you have that possibility. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, we touched on it earlier in this conversation, like where does consciousness and practicality 
how do we how do we live because we live in that world where we have to pay bills and you know you have electricity and okay but if i'm enlightened and and i'm conscious and whatever the heck that means i still have to go to a job don't i don't i have to still pay? like how do those things work together so that would be that would be an interesting conversation simon what are your thoughts yeah so, so to give you like my or our big picture is that we think that all the problems we have as humankind might be corruption, might be crime, might be pollution, you name it, is a function of our low consciousness that we are all very eye-focused, very much on deficit needs, optimizing for ourselves, or never really started thinking. Uh, like, 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 and uh, we call it process subservient thinking or process subservient consciousness, which is basically every, everybody. Like we talk of five levels of consciousness, which is the first one's process subservient, uh, where we find basically like almost everybody. The second one is goal subservient. That's where most entrepreneurs are. Then you have number two, three, where you start questioning, is there more to life? Is this everything? Why? I think 80% of employees are unhappy. 70% of employees are not really satisfied with their boss. So like there, there's not really a lot of people who like, like you could say are really, really happy and fulfilled. And then level four, and that's a potential like available to everybody is uh, what we call in state where you're connected to something larger, your expression of something larger, you see that everything is connected. That's where you are connected to your experiential learning bank. Basically everything ever happened in your life is stored in your subconscious mind, but it's mostly connected, like also charged emotionally. So like it's not really available to you to, to use it. It's kind of like blocked out. And in that state, everything becomes accessible you're also connected to the quantum field. It's kind of you're waking up ideas coming through you. It's not like it's a state where you're just creating effortless, yeah? where, where there's no doubt, no fear. You're like, and, and there's also no, no thinking about the purpose of life or no thinking about what should I be doing, but it's a state where you just know and you just do it. Yeah? It's a kind of like doing in the being. And um, that that's our vision is to like, and that's like, that's something where, where we go through the training was like to get people into this state, like depending on the environment, it might not be like, it's like the environment is really important. Um, and then like we, we are building a movement in a way which is an alternative, alternative, like what you asked before in terms of like, how make a, how do I make a living? It's basically like the, 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 the gap in between being employed where you basically trade your lifetime versus a paycheck and you work to fulfill someone else's dream if, if you did. And then the alternate, alternative is become entrepreneur. I think 90% of companies, they, they, they fail over the first three years, 10% survive. A portion of that makes money, a lot of money. So if you belong to those, it's cool. But then for like the large proportion of people who, who start a journey, it's not really like a solution too. And so on. what we are doing here is bridging and that's um, pretty, like it's unique. It's in a way it's an experiment, but it's far more than an experiment. It's 
working in a collective where everybody like went through this process to understand who he truly is. So like by definition, you move out of deficit needs into self and social actualization. That's the whole point of this movement. You understand how your mind is working. That means you have mechanism to get more objective to your mind. Like, and then also like in this collective, it's kind of like, um, like it's basically building an energetic field where your thinking is permanently moved upwards towards creation, towards uh, like possibility uh, instead of like, and I just talk from my situation and like the people I know, this competitive environment is permanently pulled downwards. Yeah? Um, like where it's like, if I compare where I've been before, it was from like, if I say 100% of my energy, most of it was like, first of all, like just for managing my state. Yeah. And then the remaining was for competing, for showcasing what, what, I, what I could be doing for self-marketing, for fighting for my piece of the cake. And uh, here it's very, very different. It's basically 100% of the energy is for creation, for expanding your own mind, your own consciousness, but then also um, training others, guiding others to go through the same process. And when you do that, you expand your own mind further because you suddenly get other different perspective views. Yeah? So it's kind of like a win-win. It's kind of like, like uh, that happened to me initially when I started. I was like, I didn't care about training others. But now I see, man, this is, this is amazing. I, I want to share this. Like this was so helpful. I want to enable others to go through the same process. But then also if I do it, I learn even more. Yeah. Mm. Like and that's like, that's fantastic. And, um, and then like given the situation with AI and where we are as a society, like there's a, like a huge, uh, like, like amount of people who will need to look into a different skills that too, like to, to, to basically get like to, to rediscover our, our, our um, human X factor, like be creative. Yeah. At some point you could say like AI will provide for us. It's, it's, it's a possibility. We don't know. And then, and the, but then like, what's the option then? Like connect yourself to cloud and plant the chip, like to, to be, to stay competitive yeah? or just use what you already have. It's kind of like what, what, like whatever we create, like outside here is just a reflection of what we have inside already. Like it's kind of like consciousness is just expressing itself. Like we have already everything in here. So why not like, why not use that like already? And, um, and um, like, uh, so the, like just, just a little bit of the, of the big picture. And, uh, and then also like in this collective by training others and there is really like the end to training others, it's kind of, kind of far away. There's like a lot of potential for people who, who want and need training, like giving the, like the society like changes we will have over the coming years. So like provide an income from training others and basically like, like in a way now, now I, I don't define it as working. That's like kind of like just exploring and helping others to explore and, and, and then provide an income from that. And I know that was a little bit long. Yeah. It wasn't just a closing sentence, but <laughs> no, it's all good. Where, where can somebody go to get in touch with you? What's the best place? Uh, like uh, our social presence is there. Like they still have a little bit of a potential. 
Yeah, but we have a web page called councilforhumandevelopment.org where you can just contact us. And um, there's yeah, some good uh, information on the on the web page. There's um, yeah for corporations yeah. for individuals about your what we call the latent potential, which is what what is sitting but not being used. And um, yeah, councilforhumandevelopment.org. Excellent. Simon, David, thank you so much for your time today. Very interesting and enlightening conversation. We thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, great. Excellent. Great having us. Yeah, giving giving us the platform. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. Bye.